is the Pretzel Podcast, a podcast about pretzels. We take you now to the International Pretzel Command Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome, pretzel-loving friends, to another episode of the Pretzel Podcast. I'm Mitch Tyke, And I'm Michelle Maternowski. We're your guides on the twisted path of pretzel news, culture, and culinary delight. This is episode 11. Can you believe it? 11, 11 episodes. <laughs> Who'd have oh. thought? <laughs> Hopefully many more to come. So this is our 11th episode of the Pretzel Podcast. Uh, and we continue to push the format envelope with this one as we have, get this, two different pretzel taste tests to bring you on the crunch time portion of today's show. But before we get there, uh, this is summer, at least here in the United States. For our listeners in Australia and New Zealand, it is winter. So I guess Christmas is coming up down there, right? <laughs> is that how that works? I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> Christmas is like... But the toilets flush in a different direction. Right, exactly. They go up rather than down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, in the United States and, and presumably Canada and every place in the Northern Hemisphere, this is really road trip season. Um, you have recently been on a road trip, right? Yes, we were very busy. We went from Wisconsin, luckily rented a car, so then we made it um, <laughs> all the way to Charleston and Savannah. I would look for pretzels along the way at gas stations. I sadly, I didn't come across anything that I haven't seen before. A but, lot of Snyders, a lot of rolled gold. Uh, yeah, pork rinds get more popular, I think, the further south <laughs> you drive. We saw um, a lot of pork rinds at the Sweets and Snacks Expo, actually, and now we know where they're eating them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you did not see any new brands of pretzels? No, I did see a new brand of chips, though, that um, are called Wrap Snacks. Huh. Um, but they Do didn't they have speak a... really fast and in rhyme? There's different wrappers featured on each oh. packaging of um, of chips, and I really was hoping for a pretzel, um, but I didn't see one. So wrap snacks, if you're listening, make a pretzel, and then we'll try it, and that <laughs> will be that. Uh, so what was, uh, what was your road trip snack of choice? We had a lot of dots, <laughs> pretzels, <laughs> um, and watermelon and pineapple, but when in doubt, dots. <laughs> Well, and I am heading overseas in a few weeks and very much looking forward to seeing what kind of pretzels are over there. It'll be interesting to see if they have Dots pretzels in France. I can only hope. <laughs> but hopefully you, you stumble upon some good soft pretzels. And I hope so. smuggle some back for me. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what, what kind of pretzels I can bring back. You did not bring back any pretzels because, as you say, you didn't find any new yeah. pretzels. I looked, though. I promise. You know, the other thing that comes up as we talk about road trips, in the last few weeks I've had conversations with people, and the, the, the fundamental truth of road trips seems to be that combos, which I know you hate, mm -hmm. combos are universally – a road trip food. Like nobody goes to the grocery store and gets combos for home use. These are <laughs> only, only only eaten in cars, which tells me that combos could do something like make a combos container that fits in a cup holder. Yes, we are on the same page. I think all snack companies should do that. I was eating something. I, I think in fairness, I was eating McDonald's French fries the other day and thinking that this would be much easier if the French fry container was round instead of that that McDonald's French fry container shape. Well, I think 
this is a great idea for something that's coming up later in pretzels in the news. All right. We'll uh, we'll we'll leave you in suspense for a couple <laughs> seconds. So, how about some pretzels in the news? Yeah, I'm excited. Pretzels in the news. Uh, All right. So a couple of things lit up our Google pretzel news alerts in the past few weeks. One is something we're going to have to revisit next year uh, on a road trip, maybe eating combos, maybe eating dots. Several news outlets, Dateline stories in the small town of Lucan, Minnesota in early June. Are you familiar with Lucan, Minnesota? No. I was looking I know about Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the map and actually if we were ever to drive to North Dakota to visit the Dots factory, oh. we might have to go through Lucan, Minnesota. Uh, when I say small town, this is a town that had a population of 191 people in the most recent census and that was 2010, so who knows, maybe either either the place is booming now or it could be even smaller. Oh. Anyway, Luke in Minnesota's biggest summer event appears to be Pretzel Days. That's amazing. Uh, which brought people from around southwestern Minnesota to Lucan at the beginning of June. I don't even know if we're saying Lucan's name right. Maybe it's Lucan. I just want to go to Pretzel Days. Um, so they bill it as three full days of fun. Uh, the radio station KNUJ on their website tells us the schedule this year included and I'm just going to read this list. Okay. The Lucan Lions Beef Barbecue at the Lucan Community Center, followed by a street dance. Perhaps they danced to some of those pretzel songs we heard in an earlier episode of the Pretzel Podcast. Uh, events on Saturday and Sunday included softball and volleyball tournaments, a 5K run, which in Lucan must have gone around the town about seven times, a 40-foot inflated obstacle course and bounce house for the kids, live music, food, and beverages, a kid's pedal pull along with kids' train rides and other activities, plus, of course, a cow chip raffle and much more. Okay, so that's a really long list, but it does not mention pretzels Yes. For the life of me, I cannot figure out why this tiny town in southwestern Minnesota has an event called Pretzel Days. That's really disappointing. There's like not one single reference. I I saw on the website there's a picture of a pretzel, and on several other links I found pretzels adorning articles, but no references to pretzels whatsoever. Just not respecting the pretzel. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to go there anymore. Just so you know. Well, if any of our <laughs> listeners in Minnesota have some insight into why this is called Pretzel Days, maybe it's just so obvious that they don't even tell people. It's like if you don't know why it's called Pretzel Days, we're not going to yeah, tell you. Yeah, you shouldn't even go. You're not invited. <laughs> uh, so if if we do have listeners in in Minnesota who have some idea what's going on here, uh, drop us a note. How how can they do that? You can email us at pretzelpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us. You could tweet us. That would be nice too, Pretzel Podcast. It might be harder to contact us on Instagram unless you – Took a picture of a sign that said uh, And then tagged us, which is super efficient. I didn't look on Instagram to see if there were pictures hashtagged Luke and Pretzel Days. Well, come on. Do your research. (laughs) Uh, All right. So that was part one of Pretzels in the News. Also, for a couple of days in June, and we hinted at this earlier in the episode, Burger King was all over Pretzels in the News. And that is because the fast food giant unveiled something called Crispy Pretzel Chicken Fries, which I think are four words they put together that have never been put together before. Have you had these things yet? No, but I feel like we should. But I'm not. 
super. I don't know thrilled. that I'm looking forward to it, but maybe to we we owe it to the process. They they seem to be kind of a glorified chicken nugget, only with a crispy pretzel breading. But from what I gather. The idea here is that they are easy to eat on the road, and it may be that they are packaged in a container that fits in a car. That would be its one redeeming quality. (laughs) That and the pretzels. (laughs) I've never had a pretzel, and I'm like, oh, I wish there was chicken filling in here. (laughs) (laughs) Like the combos from hell. (laughs) That's like my worst nightmare, but I should probably try it. (laughs) So another future Crunch Time episode, Uh, and that reminds me, Crunch Time is next. Good, because I'm hungry. While you're visiting Pretzel Nation, why don't you become the next subscriber to the Pretzel Podcast? It's free, and you'll always have the latest edition downloaded directly to your phone, tablet, or computer. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Michelle, it's crunch time now, and we have kind of an unusual set of crunch time features today. Uh, we did I just try to say crunch time as many times possible. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the part that we test the tastes of different pretzel products. How does mm-hmm. that sound? Very good. Very good. Uh, we have a, a couple, though, one which is a pre-recorded segment. So what, what was going on there? We were at the Sweets and Snacks Expo um, having the time of our life, and we— <laughs> We direct you, by the way, to episode uh, number 10. Yes. That was overwhelmed by pretzels, where we detailed the entire day at the Sweets and Snacks Expo. Um, so we met the the people behind Snappers. Um, and were you familiar with Snappers before we went to this expo? Never, ever heard of them, but now that I am aware of it— I feel like I see it now. They're all over the place. I I see them at like Walgreens and Target. And I saw them, uh, believe it or not, at Dick's Sporting Goods. Really? Yes. Makes sense. So while you're there buying, you know, a bicycle pump or (laughs) a new putter, you can pick up some snappers. It's the perfect snack on the go. Um, (laughs) They're interesting. Should we just go to the the tape with us? Yeah, we uh, we are going to uh, chat right here with uh, Jenny Osterman, who works for the Pittsburgh-based Snappers, uh, part of Edward Mark Brands. I gather this isn't just a question of taking somebody else's pretzels, somebody else's chocolate, and somebody else's caramel. You do this all in-house? We do. We make the pretzels, we make the caramel, we make the peanut butter, and our chocolate is made with sustainably sourced cocoa. Well, and so what is the history of this company? How long have you been around, and and how did you grow into having quite this many varieties? (laughs) So the company's been around. We've been making chocolates in Pittsburgh since 1914. It's a fourth-generation family business. And basically, the siblings that grew up in the chocolate factory loved their parents' um, terrapins, we call them, the pecan caramel clusters. And they said, how can we make this a more snackable item? We want some salty to go with our sweet. And that's when, when snappers were born. Okay, so terrapins, that is a turtle reference. Snappers as well? That's right. You're exactly right. You got it. Perfect. Uh, well, and so I guess where are things today? Where where are you growing the fastest? So Costco is one of our greatest partners. They actually um, worked with us to develop Snappers, and that's where they made their debut. But you can find Snappers in retailers such as um, Target and CVS and, and Giant Eagle Local to us, our hometown, hometown group. So, so the initial expertise is in chocolate. What did it take? What do you know about what it took to like 
incredibly make pretzels. Yeah, exactly. So um, chocolate and caramel is what we're, we're known for, and the pretzel component was a new thing. So we actually started with um, pretzels that we bought in and over time developed. This is kind of our third round of pretzels that we developed the shapes. They're like in little, like little window shapes. They, they are. There must be an industry term for that. I don't know that there's an. They're like they're just like little magical tanks. They're they're nice and crunchy and. Did you use the word magical? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then the we have the cinnamon pretzels in some of the items, and then we have regular pretzels in other items. All right. So tell us what uh, Michelle is holding right now. So you are holding the yet to be released cookie butter snapper. So it's a, a cinnamon pretzel with cookie butter just like you'd eat out of a jar um, that that nice um, ginger flavor and and then it's got a vanilla drizzle on it and so a cinnamon pretzel so this is yeah, cinnamon is yeah cinnamon, cinnamon has been added to the added to the dough that's right that's exactly right so cinnamon's added to those pretzels just like in some of the snappers we add um, you know coconut to the caramel or chocolate to the caramel we then added flavor to the pretzel itself as well Right, so we're doing a live taste this, test. Here. I'll try this cookie butter one. Do you want to try one of the other ones? They have chocolate and sea salt, peanut butter, milk chocolate. I would love to try the dark chocolate with sea salt, if you can connect me with one. Oh, see, and, like, the squares look so different compared to the ones on mine. So and you have the regular size. Okay. And then we also have minis. So if you're like me, you can pop a whole regular size in your mouth. But if you're trying to be dainty, we have the minis. <laughs> what was that Lady Doritos that they were talking oh, about? Oh, no, no, no. We're not going that far. Dainty. I, I erase, I rewind, take dainty They're back and just say I can mindlessly eat the minis all day long where I need to actually take a bite out of the, uh, the full size. I really like um, white chocolate, so I'm excited. All right. And I really like dark chocolate here, so... Here. I almost, I almost put the microphone in my mouth. with them and then All right. <laughs> Okay. Thank All right. you. So, live taste test. Mm. I like... I didn't get to the butter yet, the cookie butter, but I really like cinnamon pretzels with white chocolate on it. Well, and I'll say, clearly you did not scrimp on the pretzels because it tastes... It, it, there really is a good pretzel taste to this. Good. I'm so glad you like it. We do try a lot of pretzels. I know, I'm like sure, like, if anybody's going to... It's of the person that, okay. like, helps make them. <laughs> that's okay. I don't know, it almost, like, gives it a more cookie taste when it has that, um, the cinnamon in it, but it's definitely a pretzel consistency. Right, you wouldn't want that with a not, I mean, I think the cinnamon... Cheddar pretzel. Right, right. Um, <laughs> cookie butter and cheddar, yeah, that would be a... The real question is whether you have napkins. <laughs> oh, there's napkins, so what did this cookie butter win the award at that Yeah, so um, every year the show does the most innovative new product awards in multiple categories, and um, we were fortunate enough for the cookie butter to receive a finalist award in the sweet snack category. So when does cookie butter go live? Cookie butter will likely go live at the end of this year, so fall and winter could even make a nice holiday Such item. Such a preview for us. I know, it's so way ahead. Exciting. Sounds like an not animated even, movie. Not Cookie even real bags live. yet, so oh, you're, the, just a you're the first. Wow, look at this that. is the first time anybody's tried them is at this show. So you, it, it's okay that we uh, that we did that taste test. Oh, absolutely. Advanced buzz is, is really okay. Like yeah, that you guys make your own pretzels and that they're such a yeah. unique shape that's a part of it because. I feel like a lot of places we've been trying, it's like a generic pretzel yeah. with chocolate on top. Well, and that's the thing. When you add caramel to the component, like you you just want a, that complement of each flavor and each texture. And so, I mean, like I said, we've had like 
skinny little thin pretzels in different shapes and then the clusters and how big should the clusters be and it's, yeah. So you, can you talk about what part of the market you occupy? Do you see yourself in competition with pretzels or with with cookies or? Everyone. Yeah, it's interesting. When we very first started, it was a debate of does it go in the snack aisle or the candy aisle? And ultimately it landed in the candy aisle because the caramel is the, the key differentiator. But um, really we found ourselves in both places. But it seems like with something like this, I mean, first of all, you probably most people would not have a bowl this big. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it depends. But, yeah. <laughs> Come to my house with a Costco bag, and that's what you're going to find. <laughs> so do you see somebody sitting down and watching a football game with a with a bowl of, uh, of snappers? Yeah, we've definitely done some different things with them. So, uh, you know, Super Bowl parties and birthday parties and that sort of thing. Or you get the little bag in the summer and you make s'mores out of snappers instead of instead of the grams and that's really really good and then we also have like the we started doing some single size uh, serving packages too so like you slide them in your desk drawer and you're good <laughs> so for a company that that first made terrapins and now made, makes snappers that there are no turtles anywhere on this label yeah, that's interesting. no turtles are out in the market already so we we stay in our oh. corner <laughs> Well, listen, thank you so much for sharing the story of Snappers with us and and, uh, the latest Snappers innovation. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks so much for stopping by. So that was our experience on on tonight, (laughs) on site at the Sweets and Snacks Expo uh, with Snappers. Uh, We tried two flavors there, but we're back in the studio here in Milwaukee, and we are surrounded by Snappers. Yeah, so they have a lot of different kinds. which is amazing considering we'd never heard of these before. Right. And they're all kind of similar turtle-looking treats. Um, but we also uh, went home with milk chocolate, peanut butter, cinnamon sugar, and caramel brownie snappers, which is uh, not for sale yet. We it's have a sneak preview a of those. Sample. We have, what is it called, the R&D sample? <laughs> yes. It's very basic packaging. Um, Be interesting to work in research and development for snappers. Or food in general. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like kind of a good gig. Um, yeah, so I don't think we need to, to taste them all because we have the general sense that they're a pretty tasty treat and there's just different sweets on top of it. Well, um, and you know, Michelle, what I really – what sticks with me in an accidental pun sort of way about snappers is the texture of these is really interesting. They are both crunchy and chewy and sweet and salty all at the same time. <laughs> I really like the the shape of the pretzels, too. It's like the little rectangles. Uh, so that was part one of Crunch Time, Snappers. Uh, and then we actually had a chance to talk with another really interesting guy about how he ended up in the pretzel and candy business. This is a guy named Joe Dutra, who is the owner of something called... Kimmy Candies <laughs> in Reno, Nevada. And I think he would stipulate we would call it Reno, Nevada. Oh, the sorry. The Nevadans are, are, sorry. are particular sorry about how about we say that. their name. And we're going to try some Kimmy Candies pretzels here in just a minute. But first, uh, let's hear a little more about how the company came into being. Well, you know, originally I started out as a farmer in Sacramento, California. And this started as a little business deal where I bought 40,000 pounds of candy that somebody was going to sell for me, and it was just going to be a a transactional deal. And unfortunately, he couldn't sell candy. And so I ended up with 40,000 pounds of candy on a farm in Sacramento, California, and I had to figure out how to uh, sell it. So I read a lot of books. One of the most amazing books to read is The Emperors of Chocolate 
It kind of gives you a background on how Hershey and Forest Mars started and all the struggles they had, but how to, what a wonderful industry it is. It's recession-proof, it grows every year, family-run businesses, great morals. Everybody has a little background with regards to candy in their life. So I thought, you know what, what a wonderful business for my children maybe. So I decided to uh, start Kimmy Candy. And so in 2000, we launched Kimmy Candy. I had offshore production in Busan, Korea originally because that's where the original candy came from. And uh, so I thought it would be better if I had production offshore for a while because I didn't know anything about the candy business and everybody told me I was crazy to start a candy business from scratch. And I thought, you know, this is kind of like the American dream. You can do anything you want in the United States. And I thought, I'm just going to give it a try. So. In 2004, I thought that the business had some legs that was actually going to be sustainable, and so I started looking for a place to move the production back on shore. In 2006, I bought a building in Reno, Nevada. In 2007, uh, we built out the building. In 2008, we brought all the manufacturing back into the United States. So it was a wonderful deal. We started out with seven employees originally in Sacramento. Now we're up to almost 50 employees in Reno. Uh, we just expanded into a new building uh, last year in January, so we're now like SQF level two and certified organic, and so we have this wonderful little business, and it uh, continues to grow. Is there a reason why you decided to be peanut-free, gluten-free, non-GMO, all those? Well, the reason we decided to do that is, you know, of course, peanut allergies are a big thing for kids, and we were always... Originally, we weren't peanut-free. Originally, when we were producing in Korea, we were actually producing a peanut product. But then I thought when I had the opportunity to move it back on shore that we could you know, develop product lines that would be peanut-free, gluten-free, non-GMO. And one of, the pro one of the reasons being gluten-free is my brother has celiac disease. And so it just, he said, well, you know, if you're gonna start a candy company, I have to be able to eat your candy. And I said, wonderful, okay, well, and you know, it was difficult because those uh, certifications and qualifications are, you know, take away a little bit of business from you because, you know, of course, everybody loves peanuts and, you know, everybody loves things with gluten. And, uh, but, you know, it's worked out for us because as the industry moves forward, you know, non-GMO, gluten-free, peanut-free are actually big, big issues that where people want to, to buy our product. Well, and I'm impressed because finding, being able to manufacture gluten-free pretzels is not always an easy thing. No, it isn't. And actually, these are the only gluten-free pretzel balls made in the United States, and they're made exclusively for us. So it gives us a little niche in the market. And one of the great things about a gluten-free pretzel is that it has a better crunch because that rice flour has a real crunchy crunch to it and it actually is almost like a malt ball when you bite into it. So it, it's a great tasting product. We have a couple of them that we make here, one with dark chocolate and the other with salted caramel over the top. And they're just amazing to eat. We're excited to try them. <laughs> well, and so from, for someone who got into this as a farmer, how quickly did you have to become a candy expert? Well, I'm still trying, and that's been 18 years later. Um, you know what? We really didn't start becoming uh, really good at what we did until we started having production in 2008 here in Reno, Nevada. And then all of a sudden I was really becoming a candy manufacturing company because before it was just we felt like we were just brokering the candy we were having made in, in Korea. 
And since 2008, it's just been a wonderful adventure. I mean, we, you know, we've learned all the little ins and outs of how the candy industry works, and we've learned all the ways to make really good tasting candy. And I, and I learned when I first started the company that all the candy that we make has to taste really good to me as the owner, because if it doesn't, I thought, well, you know, if I ever went out of business, my inventory in the warehouse would, would I be eating for the next several years. So it might as well be something that I really like to eat. <laughs> well, and for the owner of a candy company, you have kept your, your trim figure nicely. Well, you know, there's a, there's a, it's, it's actually a, a good way to market your candy. So uh, not to say I eat correct foods and I work out every day, but if I go into a meeting and I say, well, look it, I eat candy every day. And I eat it probably really for eat eight. Candy every day? I eat candy every day. Well, somebody has to be the taste tester. <laughs> somebody has to make sure that the products are staying, you know, in good condition after a period of time. So I eat it every day. So everybody looks at me and says, "Gosh, you know, you're in your late 60s, and now you've got a great physique. How, how do you do it?" And I say, "Eat candy." <laughs> Well, Joe, it's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Well, my pleasure. And if you ever get to Reno, Nevada, come visit the uh, the candy factory. We do free tours. Really? Yeah, and, you, and we have a big candy bar where you can eat all the candy you want for free. <laughs> we'll take you up on that. Thanks. All right, sounds good. We look forward to it. So that is Joe Dutra of Kimmy Candies. Michelle, we're back in the studio after talking with Joe at the Sweets and Snacks Expo in Chicago, and we have a couple of pretzel products from Kimmy Candies. What is in the studio with us? So we have the salted caramel pretzel bites, which are gluten-free, non-GMO, peanut-free. Following that same thread, the gluten-free, non-GMO, peanut-free, we have uh, also dark chocolate pretzel bites. They're both in ball shape. It's nice because they come in uh, resealable bags, which is always a bonus. How many ounces in this bag? Five ounces made in the USA like he got into in his interview. Um, it's very much a snack size container. Yeah, there's 3.5 servings. So you want to start with the, the chocolate or the caramel? Let's start with a salted caramel. That sounds okay. good. Kind of a dessert pretzel. I guess right? they're both I dessert just had pretzels. Lunch, so this is perfect. I just had lunch as well. We were talking about this before we started recording. We really need to do an episode of uh, pretzel pairing. Yes. There's so there's so many possibilities left for episodes. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. Uh, so we said these are ball shaped. They're about the size of a gumball, really. Or a marble. Or a marble, right? It does taste like caramel. It tastes like caramel. The pretzel inside was fairly small, I think. And try a second one. Oh sure. I like how the the outside of it kind of like cracks in mm-hmm. your teeth. They are um, gluten free pretzels, so they are a little bit. Crispier. I think this is our first time having gluten free yeah. on the the show, but I feel like that's a whole episode in itself. But it does have that little bit different consistency of the the crunchiness. On the whole, I think these taste a lot more like caramel than they do pretzels. It's nice to have the crunch inside there, but I don't know that the uh, the pretzel taste comes out at all. It's kind of like the M um, M&M and M pretzels. Yeah, like this. They just. The pretzel is more of like a crunch in the middle than a for the pretzel itself. Right. The pretzel is almost there for a texture kind of purpose. And then we have uh, dark chocolate. All right. And again, about the same size. I taste the pretzel a little bit more. I was just going to say the same thing. Which is a good thing. Yes. (laughs) 
Chocolate's pretty good, I think. Yeah. I'm like, a dark chocolate fan to begin with, but... Um, that tastes like a good chocolate. It, this one's a little bit... Um, I got the salt more. Maybe it was just the one I ate, but it's yeah, kind of like a nice mix of the sweet and salty. Much like the Snappers. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the back of the two bags and noticing that the dark chocolate is uh, lower in calories than the salted caramel. It's a pretty long um, list of ingredients. That is a, a good question for our food scientist, Ann Vravik. I'd say they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I like the dark chocolate better than I like the salted caramel again because I think the taste of the pretzel comes through more in the dark chocolate. I, th- I think the salted caramel was a perfectly fine snack. I just don't know that if I were reaching for something pretzel-like, I would mm-hmm. reach for the salted caramel. And it's very different than a, just a chocolate-covered pretzel because of the ball shape. The ball shape and uh, a little crispier because, again, it's gluten-free. Good job, Joe Dutra. Yeah, they're good. They're It's nice that the package is smaller, so it is more of like a little snack. You, I don't think you'd want to eat like... The whole bag. Yeah. You might, but it might not be a great idea. You might... I think you could eat the whole bag if you're doing something else while you're eating them. <laughs> and not Like rea- sitting there. Not realizing that you <laughs> just ate the whole bag. Um, I'll, I'll note, looking at the nutrition facts, where typical pretzels uh, are really pretty benign as far as uh, fat and cholesterol go. Uh, when you put salted caramel or dark chocolate on them, <laughs> they become something less than health food. <laughs> I I wouldn't call a pretzel a health food to begin with, but adding the sugar to it probably isn't helping. Which is why you should stick to the stick to the serving size. Or the, or the chicken pretzel fries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that ties up the loose ends on another episode of the Pretzel Podcast. I'm Mitch Tyke. And I'm Michelle Maternowski. Don't forget to leave us a review on the Pretzel Podcast page on iTunes. And also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Mitch just took the most beautiful snapper photo ever. And do please get in touch if there are snacks that should be on our pretzel radar or our pretzel dar. Uh, our pretzel dar. Reach out uh, at Pretzel Podcast on Twitter or email us at pretzelpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, keep crunching, my friends. The Pretzel Podcast is a production of WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. Any rebroadcast or other use of the sounds, smells, tastes, or descriptions you've just heard without the express written consent of National Pretzel Radio is strictly prohibited. (laughs) 